Welcome to Soul Desire Podcast, whose mission is to help people integrate their faith into every area of their life. All right, welcome to Soul Desire Podcast. My name is Luke Cottingham, your host, and joining me today once again is Blake Brooks. How's it going, Blake? Pretty good, Luke. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm just excited to be back at uh, recording. It's fun just that we are able to do so many different topics, uh, covering, obviously, uh, uh, your apostolate, as well as we covered... Uh, talking about voting with a conscience. And we also had a podcast, I believe, on family. I I think those are three ones so far. So today's focus is a topic that a lot of people much into and our whole world or our whole culture is into, but just focusing on technology, I think, uh, and its role that it plays within society, within the church, and within our own lives. So yeah, to start off, uh, I've, I've been looking at a lot of different articles, and one phrase that I've heard thrown out a lot uh, is the anima technica vacua. It's a phrase that was, I think, coined by German theologian Hans von Balthasar, sorry, and it means the soul technology is empty. Phrase just kind of sticks out to me that technology certainly can be like a, a major tool and obviously has helped us, but ultimately it's not our end. I feel like we're trying as a society to do everything through technology, but I think through this pandemic, we've realized Blake and I are Zooming right now, and it's a wonderful tool, tool, but there's something that is so essential about human-to-human contact that even the greatest uh, technology can't replace that. And I think that's one of the things that he was focusing on. He and he lived in the 20th century. And during his time, I, I think he died, I believe, in the 1980s. Um, television obviously was huge and media was, was still huge at the time. But I think he couldn't even imagine of what kind of media we have. To- yeah, I haven't heard. Than- I don't know if I know that exact phrase, but I mean, it basically makes sense the way you describe it. And just that vacuum and technology, what how it fills it. And um, yeah, that it really does change everything, you know, I mean, like we don't after with technology, we don't, it's not really neutral, you know, or it doesn't really go back. It's a tool and it just drastically changes things. And uh, it can be for the better, but often it can make be for the worse as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people argue that technology is not neutral. Just think like, um, do you mean I it have, can be either positive or negative? Yeah. And I just mean like, it, yeah, it no, changes, like anything. Like, it fundamentally changes like uh i don't know there's a famous uh like writer uh slash philosopher uh marshall mccullen who a long time ago said like the medium is the message i was thinking of that yeah i was trying to remember who said that yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not an expert on some of that stuff i just have heard enough of it to know like basically like it just fundamentally changes like the industrial hmm. revolution like it just fundamentally changes our whole society you know, like it's, and it's not trying to necessarily for the, for the worse. It's just, it is a change and we, and you can't like say it's like this tool that doesn't have power, doesn't have an influence, you know, it just fundamentally changes things. The internet, you know, yeah. and all of our con- connectivity. Yeah. Even in um, undergrad at, at Illinois State, we, I took a senior seminar English course and we, I remember we focused on uh, um a lot on just different mediums, mediums and technology and uh, various forms. Oh, yeah, amazing how much it's developed. And yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I know I agree with what you're saying. It can be, it can be positive and negative. I think that there's a tendency uh, definitely for extremes, as we know, for people to want to completely shut off from technology 
and yeah, there's, I think there's a beauty in that. Like we've all been on uh, retreats before and I think being able to turn every, everything off and have that time with God and really not have distractions, I think is important, but at the same time, wanting to just live in a bubble, maybe not be aware of everything. I think there, I just think there has to definitely be a balance with it too. There, yeah. and, and the other extreme is immersing ourselves con- constantly. And I, I know uh, one of the things I wrote down here is technology. It might've been from the article, actually. Technology is a way for us uh, with end- endless scrolling, constantly using our cell phones for everything. Uh, the notifications, you know, the idea of notification, the idea of snippet headlines, those are what are catch our attention. And that's how pe- what people consume. And that's really all people, that, that's what people know. I feel like they see a headline about a, a, a news, something going on in the news, and they just take it at, at face value, however it's being presented. Obviously, headlines are varied from different mediums. I just think that there's, yeah, there's so much that can be addictive about it too. So um, yeah. d- would you agree that they kind of define that middle ground for how to best use it without becoming either too addicted or the opposite, just shutting ourselves completely off? Yeah, the more that I deal with technology, the more I think it really is like each person has to kind of like have an, like their own self-awareness about what really sets them off. You know, you always see like funny stories about somebody like, yeah, I just checked uh, one email and then I saw, you know, something else that I clicked on. Next thing I know, I'm looking at like somebody else their whole life, you know, like and <laughs> you just get so easily diverted and uh, it just everybody's got to know like what their thing is, you know, and it it is. I mean, these guys that are, you know, create this technology they're steeped in our own psychology and just you know there's people out there that talk about like they make it so uh, attractive you know Um, all the different things you know and uh, I think what comes to my mind though is just the idea of temperance you know one of the one of the four cardinal virtues and just that idea of moderation that's what Mm. this is and you just really have to you know just that it it's kind of connected with the old saying great with great power comes great responsibility. You know, it's like you can't have power without responsibility. Otherwise you're going to have a mess. And um, I just think that's what we have to focus on a lot of times is we can't be, can't pretend like technology is only going to be good and that it can't be, you know, negative. Um, You got to really, you know, just be um, vigilant with it. Like, yeah, the, the makers of all these apps, know exactly what is addicting i know that a lot of it is even just the colors that are used i I read something that if you're able to take make everything sepia or uh, black and white you would not actually look at your phone as often it's the bright light it's the blue light um they know exactly what they're doing in the article i was referring to the omnia uh, technica vacua author this is not uh, Vons Balthazar, but another writer, he was talking about, he's talking about major league or I think it was minor league baseball games, but talking about the bombardment with uh, anything from the music, from the vendors, um, promotions, part of it, I'm sure is they're trying to, you know, make money. Uh, but a lot of it too, is there's such a use of technology. I, I can't, if you go to any sporting event, really, there's never downtime. There's not just time where you're waiting during the media timeouts or whatever. There's uh, some promotional thing going on on the big board or some game or some texting challenge. And uh, it's just so pervasive pervasive uh, technology that we can't be expected to have just moments of not even silence. I don't want to call it silence, but just moments of normalcy and conversation. It's like they the void has to constantly be filled. 
but with something is, is what I'm noticing a lot. A lot of it too just yeah begs the question of how much we uh, want to plug in with the world, where we meet people we're at, how, how we evangelize, how we can use technology. And I, I think we both agree that there's such a great use for technology that, yeah, we have to find the balance, but I, I think being not, I don't know, more aggressive, but um, using whatever means we have to reach people, uh, either through podcasts, through websites, through really any, any social media, I, I, I totally think it's a, a wonderful avenue to begin, begin to reach people. But I think that that's, the, I think it's like, for me, it's like the starting point. But I think a lot of it, though, you want to have an, a truly an encounter with someone to be able to, to fully share the gospel. You know, I think mm -hmm. I think for me that that technology is the bridge to so much more, but it should never be the ends. Yeah. What is it? I don't know if that article you sent me had talked about what the ends are, you know, like gave a little more understanding of what the ends are. But I totally agree with you. Is encounter and uh, relationship. So either with God or with other people. The, everything that's artificial, which, you know, in some ways, technology is um, a lot of artificial things, you know, it creates a lot of things that are not necessarily real in the sense of what we're talking about, like right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Everything that's artificial should be ordered to the mm -hmm. natural, in my opinion, like it, I mean, and there might be, there might be some exceptions, but I mean, there's a lot of things that I think of, you know, anything with you're using technology to kind of like enhance a relationship. It should point somebody to, like you're saying, like uh, it's enhancing a relationship. So like what we're doing right here is, you know, not as ideal as if, you know, you're right next to someone um, or, but, but at the same time, if you can't be right next to them, then this is what, you know, it is. And it points you to that. So yeah, like contemplation, just all of the, the higher faculties that we have as human beings, like that's what technology should, that's why it's interesting podcasting, you know, I'm not a huge podcast person and like that I, in the sense that I, do, I don't listen to tons of them, but what I do like about them is they're a more thorough conversation than, than you would normally get like in some of these television shows where they do like five minute, you know, either arguments or just discussions, like it's much more drawn out. And so in that sense, you know, like that's one good use of technology that it allows you to be more thorough, more contemplative you know if it's done right you know there's not a lot of advertisements on podcasts you know sometimes right. are, but it's not yeah, as yeah. like it's more thinking you know yeah it gives you a lot to sit with that's why i've been uh consuming a lot more podcasts recently from various topics and it's but it also yeah you there's so much more in depth that you can go into i i think it's um we both like to read and i i know that reading, obviously you, you capture even so much more than what you're consuming via audio, but there's something, there's something powerful about being able to have an extended conversation. So if maybe you're listening to a debate, uh, I don't know, on a podcast or something, but it's there, you're not limited to time. You're not limited to, to just uh, trying to, yeah, to, to get more advertising. And there's just so much more that I think can be done. And the audience is so much more purposeful because you usually subscribe to podcasts. You listen, those, our listeners are intentional, you know, not just randomly click, you know, going from YouTube video to YouTube video or from show to show. There's a, a purpose behind it. Yeah. yeah and on the negative side of technology, I, I'm, I'm looking for it, but uh, there's a lot of, of course, studies that have shown, despite the interconnectedness that we feel or almost hyperconnectedness, there's that's where loneliness really does creep in 
one of the studies I was reading about was really shocking from MIT that says that the longings that we feel during our social isolation uh, share a neural basis with the food cravings that we feel when we're hungry. So they said that a, a day of isolation is equi equivalent to the sight of people having people having fun together. It, trigger, it triggers the hunger portion of our brain that we see attractive food. That might go into the, the fact that when a lot of people see people having fun on Facebook or social media through the images, they, some people uh, often are triggered to feel loneliness. But even, even so, that's, that's the same. It blows my mind that that's the same feeling for uh, hunger. Uh, windowless, isolated room for 10 hours, which is kind of a very bleak environment. But that still is, uh, I think, remarkable and very true to what a lot of people feel. And I think that's why there's a, a rise of depression, anxiety as well. I don't know necessarily if they're saying that there's a direct correlation with technology playing a part in that. But I, I, I believe that it can be a huge part as well. It's just, it's fascinating to me that we can create these tools. I think we're some of the only animals, you know, ra we're the rational animals, but mm -hmm. we, you don't see other animals creating things that make them less than what they are. Mm. You know, like human beings make hmm. tools and then those tools enslave us, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's, what's wild about human beings is that we can, uh, we have radical power you know in the sense of what our faculties are and what you know our god-given just uh anthropology is and yet we can like make ourselves less than that with the tools that we make you know over time yeah i think an example that reminds me of what you're saying um we are constantly feel a need to capture an image capture a video to the point i know there's stories of individuals where someone is in danger and the um instinct is to capture it on video so maybe you could be, get a viral video like that it, uh, people do so I feel like we're really being controlled through our technology as well pictures and images too that I, I found another story uh, from a pitchfork that was talking about the study of taking photographs at concerts it's always that for me has always been something that has fascinated me and my first concert I when I was a teenager I'm sure I took some photos but realizing like when you really think about it, what's the point of trying to capture an image or even a video at an event that probably there are hundreds of other, other high quality videos or pictures that will be taken that you can view and enjoy later. When in that moment, there's something so special about being in at a music concert that can't be uh, simulated at all through uh, technology, but, but yet people are obsessed with capturing that moment. And there was a study that uh, talked about too, uh, uh, a Fairfield University professor that said with, with the camera, people act as if their photos are their memories and they're not, a photo is a representation but not the same thing. And they said in their study that participants would walk around a museum and they would uh, so engage some object with their eyes and others with the cameras. And when they asked to photograph an entire object, people didn't remember as well later on. It's almost as if photograph kind of took away that memory, it, just, it fascinates me that makes me, I've never been a person to want to always just capture pictures or photos. So it makes me feel a little better to know that <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why we have our, our, our mind and our eyes to enjoy those precious memories that always, that can't always be re-represented in another. In, in memory, yeah. you have yeah, like, your memory. You do. like literally we can think about things like and play them back in our mind, which is unbelievable in and of itself. But yeah, I think it's, yeah. I mean, 
I think it's a balance, you know, because like, like, you know, you have, uh, sometimes pictures are great, you know, and video. Yeah. I'm not trying to hate on pictures, but (laughs) I just think that that's what people are after. They're after that, like that great video, that great picture that you can look back over a thousand times. And it does like, you know, put you back in that scene. But unfortunately, like, you got to be very careful with that because like you said, you, if you, if you aren't, then you are, you know, losing the opportunity to ha- to create, you know, a memory and to create an experience that you can play back in your own mind. Anyway, we, we are obsessed though, especially with the monetizing of that's, mm-hmm. the, that's a, probably a whole nother conversation though, about mm-hmm. how our culture reinforces some of our bad habits because of the, economy you know because of how everything's monetized and how you make money that's a whole nother thing about why tech not why it's harder to to not be sucked in by it too because you can actually make money off of you know bad yeah i uh another one you might have seen in my notes too uh youtuber i'm not a i don't follow many youtubers at all but it blows my mind of how much money some of them make his name's ninja uh, is a Fortnite player. And it, it fascinates me, first of all, that there's people that want to watch other people play video games. That's a whole new um, dynamic. I, I think there must be some sort of, sort of social cultural thing going on that they're enjoying together. But uh, he'll make $500,000 a month just playing video game. And, and it, it's literally from people donating. Um, I think some of it might be advertising, but I think a lot of it is just opening it up and allowing people to donate. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, yeah. it just blows our mind that there's people compelled to do that. I, in community, I think yeah. So the there's something good there. Like, I think there's something that can be derived from there. That's good. There's also something very, um, almost abusive about it too. Um, yeah. It's almost taking advantage of people in a way. But- I mean, obviously there's saints that are going to be of our age that are going to be tech savvy and things. Like there was just that one kid that was like made a blessed that was. Yes. Like, what was his name? Carlo, blessed Carlo, something I think, but uh, but I'm just linking like what would what would Jesus do with Twitter and Facebook and social media, you know, and even the Pope, you know, what does he do? Yeah, like, he use it, you know. I think he <laughs> use it, um, but I think it would be so much more sparing, you know, like he, you know, it, it would just yeah, it would just it's just funny to think about what is the ideal of like how yeah. do you you know like some people i know we talked about how you said some people are just like realize like i just don't need it at all and uh yeah and I, I get it i really do like you know you be, because it's so highly addictive you know it's like people that are alcoholics or have other addiction problems like you know yeah is sometimes alcohol good and, and fun and holy and even in some sense yeah but some people they just it's just too much you know and so I don't think also that we, sh- it just has to be discerned by every person. You know? I, I think each person needs to definitely pray and discern how to best use technology. Uh, I know that they're within like plans such as Exodus 90. I'm sure that um, I'm sure one of the things is I, I've not done it myself. Uh, I think you've, you've participated, but limiting technology use and uh, there's much other penances as well, but yeah, I, I think it's so, it really does depend on the person. I, I know that personally that I'm trying to, limit my use because I know that I, I become distracted by, I have, I have some cell phone games that I like to play when I have extra time and, you know, nothing wrong with that. I think there's something nothing wrong with it, but if, it, if it's a constant desire to like, Oh, I want to keep progressing or like, you know, uh, not spend time with family, but be, uh, addicted to my phone that that's when I know that there's time to set, I think setting restrictions, setting 
limitations wow. is is key for that balance really in, in every aspect of our life, right? Everything that we consume. I think, you know, that whole idea of the artificial and the real to me is a really rich topic that, um, that I think with technology, like, because I, I had a professor one time tell me like, you know, she had went to a conference or something and she said, you know, this one guy um, challenged everyone to not just have like a negative view of technology. Hmm you know, but to say like, Hey, absolutely. We got to have, you know, a lot more, uh, accountability, a lot more things that are done for it to be virtuous. But she really said like, as much time as you think about like how negative technology is, try <laughs> to also spend like how much, it, how it could be done, you know, for, uh, virtue and for flourishing, you know, put thought into like, so, you know, there's things like I know out there that limit like the kind of sites and things you can get on and everything, mm -hmm. but like things like that, like use technology, you know, and not just for like capabilities. So like me and you are talking and that's, that's a really good capability, but just also like, it would be, I think it would be unbelievable if people could create whoever created, you know, the next big thing all the time, they put in safeguards, you know, they, they, they like made it. Um, to where there's built-in safeguards restrictions to where you can't like just click on five videos in one minute you know you can't just jump from jump to jump to jump but like there's like an actual built-in restriction that makes you like wait for the entire time to be oh you know stuff like that just creative things that like people can use to still create unbelievably powerful mediums but that there's also built-in you know restrictions and boundaries and um, other things for virtue. Um, yeah. I just, that's what Christians really need to do, you know, is to, to hone in on like something that's good and to mm -hmm. make it so that it can be easily virtuous. I know it sounds almost ridiculous because it's, it, it's so often abused and as a vice, but you know, that's, well, what think about, think about this, like, you know, the idea of our, I mean, I guess the food pyramid is pretty outdated, but the idea of nutrition facts uh, being on the back of uh, of food and snacks and recommending serving sizes and just all the things that we are concerned with health and, and um, medicine that there are many safeguards in place uh, for foods. Of course, it doesn't mean people are going to follow them, but it's, it's, it is amazing that there's not, not more for technology to help people get out of maybe addictions. Like it would be amazing if different social media platforms from the get-go when you set up your account offer an opportunity to restrict um usages i i know that would be counterintuitive to their what they're trying to make but you know the whole thing is that they should be like you know it's, it should be the i wish they weren't yeah you're you know i, I think well, I know, I'm just saying is christians, just yeah. christians just need to make the thing we need to do that yeah we, we need, need to be to the ones either the companies or make the you know uh, apps or make whatever to do it and, or yeah. for like oversight you know uh, i'm not big you know it could depend on like yeah but some type of regulation sometimes like uh i just think that that would allow it for for technology to be like you said it's not so much then about like hey you know the federal drug and administration <laughs> uh, the food and drug administration you know it it doesn't exist to only tell you what bad foods are right it should exist to tell you like how you're supposed to eat a healthy diet and things too you know and stuff so that's the same thing with technologies you know and um 
yeah, I think we can lead the way to like, for instance, it's so counterintuitive, but could you imagine that somebody be that like they say in such a way, like, Hey, technology helps me to like have an extremely deep contemplative prayer life. <laughs> like it seems like that would be, those things are total polar opposites, but you know, obviously on the search of like, just from like broadcasting Eucharistic, ad, uh, Eucharistic adoration, that would be one way, but also just like allowing people to like, basically have, you know, um, deeper meditation in some way or deeper yeah. prayer and thought, like, uh, I don't know, there's, there, it's really kind of limitless, but that would be, you know, the kinds of things that how Christians would do, or just, you know, better communication with, you know, um, friends, you know, and neighbors that has a, a deeper, you know, um, aspect to it, like, you know, do you know what like the number one, um, downloaded podcast in the United States, at least as of, uh last week or recently re uh, whenever this is pre pre recent times do you know which uh the number yeah, one podcast father mike schmitz wasn't it yeah father mike schmitz uh bible in a year and like uh i i will say i'll attest to i've tried many times to uh, uh there's lots of plans out there to read the bible in an entire year where you read maybe a few chapters of the bible each night and uh, this one intrigued me because it was focusing mostly on the narrative and the fact that there's a podcast format which for me I sometimes end up reading the scripture or and then listening to his reflection, but it's uh, been a beautiful journey to keep up with. And I think it's a means for so many people that never maybe would have even opened the Bible to say, Hey, this is easy. This is consumable. I, I want to try, at least try this, uh, dip my toe in the water. So that's, yeah. I just think that's a awesome example of something that hasn't directly been done like that. There's lots of Bible apps out there, but nothing like this. I, I, no, I, I, I did see that. And it is, I think it's awesome. And it's, it really shows that we really are made for this. It's just a matter of, you know, yeah. tapping into where people are at, you know? Well, yeah. Thanks so much for joining me today, Blake, on uh, our discussion on technology. I I'm so excited to, I'm sure that I, we've had some topics within this discussion that I'll, I'll try to pull out. And I think we could maybe make them potential topics for another time. I mean, there's Blake, yeah, th thanks so much for joining us today on Soul Desire Podcast. We will see you next time.